Hello, loves. Welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled to be doing another solo episode with you this week. We had some interviews that we've done in the past couple weeks, and now we're going to do a few more, just you and me, and then I'll be sprinkling in some entries towards the end of the month. So I thought today it would be a really great day to talk about Valentine's Day. Because it's coming up. It's happening on Sunday, I think, because today's Friday. And this year just is a little bit different for a lot of us. And, you know, we're coming up on a year in the pandemic here. And so for a lot of us, that means, you know, the relationship to going on dates or dating or being in relationship has changed, has altered, is shifted temporarily. And I've been getting a lot of requests for content on dating, for programs on dating, specifically in the time of the pandemic. So your requests have been heard. (laughs) I love you all. And thank you so much for letting me know what it is that you would really like support with. So we're going to start this month off with a a chat about Valentine's Day and when you're single, how you can still have a kick-ass love-filled day just with you. And the first place that we always want to start, and if you've been following me for a while and you've been following my work for a while, you know how important radical self-love is to me. And the reason that it's so important is because at the end of the day, the relationship that I am left with is the one with myself. And I want to ensure that that is a really vibrant, healthy, and love-filled relationship. And part of the reason why things can get a little wonky, especially on days like Valentine's Day, is because we've outsourced our experience of love and we've put it on the responsibility of another person. Not always, but that is really, really, really common to do. And so the first place we want to begin is just by looking at the relationship that we have to ourselves. And for many of us, this past year has been a crash course in the relationship to self. So we've had probably more time with ourselves this past year than maybe we have our entire lives. And so we can see where the parts of the relationship that we have with ourselves are really, really strong and really, really healthy and really, really vibrant. And then we can also see the areas where it might be a little sticky or a little challenged or just a little crunchy, you know, and we want to start there. So we want to look at the parts of our relationship to self that are really, really thriving. I am a big fan of start where it feels good to start instead of plummeting people into their greatest area of resistance and pushing them like that doesn't feel like pleasure to me at all. What feels like pleasure to me is starting where there's already an opening, starting where there's ease, starting where there's love and cultivate more ease and presence and love in said area, which then begins to extend outward into other areas. 
And then we have this natural opening that happens in those areas that are a little bit more crunchy. And when we begin with an area that we feel solid in, so maybe it's the relationship to your body that you feel really solid in, or maybe it's your relationship to your career that you feel really solid in, or maybe it's your relationship to love that you feel really solid in. And that can mean love in your family system. That can mean love in your relationships, can be love in your friendships. Like you might just be a really great lover of all kinds. And so we want to start where it feels really good. And this, I promise, will have something to do with Valentine's Day. (laughs) So we want to take a look at the area of life that we feel really, really anchored in when it comes to our relationship to self. And part of creating a Valentine's Day that feels really good for you to be in, even if you're single, or even if you're partnered and you're, you're away from your partner on Valentine's Day, it's really helpful to take a look at what is that area where I feel really vibrant, I feel really strong, and start to build the theme of the day or the activities of the day around that area. So for me, the area that I feel really, really strong in is my relationships. And so the way that I kind of build a Valentine's Day that has a lot of significance and meaning is by prioritizing, investing love into those connections. So we we choose an area of life to kind of orient around, and then we can start building out, oh, how can I invest my time, my energy today in a way that enhances this particular area? And when we start there, we're naturally going to see the snowball effect happen where you do something that has a lot of positive momentum. You're going to want to keep going because you're going to get immediate feedback in whatever area it is. So let's say I send out a message of appreciation to my close girlfriends and the immediate feedback loop is either receiving a thank you or it will be a thank you and they'll also pour into me. And so I immediately get that feedback and it sparks more inspiration. It sparks more, more movement, more fluidity. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, I have even more love to give. Like, where can I send it now? And so when we start with an area that feels really good for us, we're more likely to gravitate towards actions and energies that really, really nourish us. So we'll, we'll start there. The next thing we want to do is really deconstruct what Valentine's Day actually means to you. Because for a lot of us, it has this weight to it. It has this significance to it. But when we really sit with it, like what is the significance? And is that something that we have chosen out of our own free will, that we have constructed out of our own free will? Or is that something that we just adopted um, as a byproduct of living in this culture? And when we start to deconstruct the relationship to Valentine's Day, like we want to take a look, what does it mean to us? What is the meaning that we have associated to Valentine's Day? And is that a meaning that really serves the person that we're becoming and serves our vision for love? 
So in a few weeks time, I am going to be doing a workshop called Visioning for Love. And it's one of my favorite workshops to run because when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating without a very clear vision, it's very hard (laughs) to kind of land the plane on the results that we want because we don't know where we're going. And when we don't have that clear vision, it's very hard to live into that possibility, to live into that future if we don't know exactly what that is that we're calling in for ourselves in our life. So I'm going to be doing a two-hour workshop on the 20th of February, all centered around visioning for love. It's only $22. It's easy breezy, and you'll get a recording of the session. So we're going to dive more into visioning for love in that workshop and really set you up to be super clear on the direction that you're going. And part of the work that can help prepare for something like that and prepare for the next level love that we're calling in is to really look at things like Valentine's Day, things like holidays, and what meaning we've associated to them. And when we start to deconstruct that, it's not that we shouldn't have feelings about it or we shouldn't have meaning that we associate. That's cool. You can have it. It's just a matter of bringing it into your conscious awareness so that we know what our subconscious is kind of cooking up. (laughs) And a lot of the time, our subconscious is just running rampant. And this is why we get wonky results in love, because our conscious mind is going in one direction and our subconscious is moving in a totally different direction. And this causes this push-pull energy within us. And when we look at something like Valentine's Day and really deconstruct, well, is it a day that I think is all about romance or do I think it's all about love or do I think it's, you know, a time to kind of just cozy up and be like googly eyed with my partner? Okay, great. And what does it mean to you in those pockets of time where you aren't partnered? And this is where it gets really interesting because we can have a context or an idea about a significant day or a holiday when we're partnered and then have a very different experience of it when we are not partnered, romantically speaking. So we want to take a look at both sides. Like what does it mean to you when you're partnered with someone and what does it mean to you or about you? when you're not partnered with someone. And this will start to show us some of those unconscious beliefs, unconscious programs that might be running counter to what your conscious mind or your vision for love actually is. And we need that data. We need that information in order to do kind of clean up an aisle five and be like, okay, that's a belief system that is running against the results that I want. So let me clean clean it up. Let me do something about it. But it's hard to do something about uh, a belief that we are not clear exists. And so when we start to take a look at, you know, what we really are unconsciously thinking or feeling about the day, then it allows us to not only set ourselves up in the future a little bit better, because we can ask for what we need. We can ask for what we want. We can be really clear on our vision for the day. And 
we can also start to distill that down into our experience of Valentine's Day today, right now. Obviously not today, unless you're listening on Sunday. Um, but when we when we look at it, and let's say we have an idea that it's the, like the most romantic day. And so it's a day where you get chocolate and you get like roses and all these things. Okay, great. And when you're single, what does that mean? Does it mean the absence of that love? Does it mean the absence of that romance? Can romance only be cultivated in the paradigm as it's currently constructed in your mind via a partner? Or can it be constructed regardless of whether you're partnered or not? And this is where we really start to turn on that self-empowerment again. Because if we can only access romance or only access love in this particular way via a romantic relationship, well, then we're going to kind of feel like a pile of poo when that relationship doesn't work out or in the pockets of time when we're single. And sometimes us humans can do this thing where we outsource our needs. We can outsource our desires without being really clear and direct about that. So we might hold these unconscious uh, beliefs that our partner should just read our mind. Our partner should have the exact same context that we do about Valentine's Day or about romance or about love. And this gets us into a lot of mischief interpersonally. Because no two people have been conditioned the exact same way, which means their experience of romance is unique to their conditioning, their environment that they were brought up in, their life experiences. And yours is a byproduct of your conditioning, of your life experiences, of the environments that you were brought up in and the things that you were exposed to. And so when we know what exactly is kind of making up our beliefs about the day, well, then we can really have a lot of clear, clear guidance to co-create something magical with another person. We can co-create with us and the universe, us with love, us with God, us with spirit. We can co-create with other people in our life, like friends. Like Just because you're single on Valentine's Day doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be alone on Valentine's Day. And if it's really important to you to be in connection with other people on this day, because to you it's a day of celebration, of love, of expression, of generosity, amazing, then we take that data, we take that information, and we actively create the thing that we want. So if connection is really vitally important to you on Valentine's Day, then now you become the author of your story. You become the person who creates what it is you'd like to see in your life. You become the conscious creator of your experience. So instead of just operating on default or just letting life happen to us and we're kind of flailing in the wind, we anchor down and we 
you know, really tune into our heart and we allow that heart centered directive to actually direct what we're co-creating within our lives. And so that might mean you have a zoom party with some of your friends. I know it's, you're probably zoom fatigued by now, but you know, that's a way to get connection. Or maybe you, you make up a fun little game with your friends where each of you sends a love letter to, you know, someone in, in your friend circle kind of like a secret Santa, but for love where you write a letter of appreciation and like you each draw names and you're like, okay, I got this person. I'm going to write them a letter and, and make sure everyone gets a letter. And that's a way to create connection. That's a way to extend that love. That's a way to embody the thing that you truly desire when it comes to the celebration of this day for you. You might be on the other side of the coin too, where you think Valentine's Day is just total shit and you think it's dumb. And that would be an important thing to investigate too. So what is it about the day that you, you're not really digging? And what I've come to find is not always the case, but a lot of the time is the case when people have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about Valentine's day, it's because deep, deep, deep down, they have a desire to be much more romantic than they give themselves permission for, or be much more expressive in their love than they give themselves permission for, or be much more receptive to love than they give themselves permission to receive. So again, not always the case, but it is always good to just take a little gander into why we believe what we believe. And are those beliefs like truly ours or are they a byproduct of conditioning? Because sometimes, oftentimes, they're a byproduct of our conditioning or they come from those moments in time where maybe we did have an expectation of romance and we were really let down and we we didn't get what we wanted or what we had hoped for and we were embarrassed by that and so to kind of ensure that we never feel that level of vulnerability or embarrassment again we wall off against a day like Valentine's Day and we, you know, put up this front of like, uh, it's so dumb, it's so commercial, which it is, you know, let's, let's be honest, like a bouquet of roses is normally what, $12, but like on this weekend, they jack the price to be double the amount. Like there is some truth in that. <laughs> There's some truth that there is, you know, a, a little bit of capitalistic, uh, agenda that's interwoven into this particular holiday and really one could argue all holidays. And so if there's that element, then great. We can take ownership over that. Like, oh, that's the part that I don't drive with, not necessarily having a day devoted to love. And so maybe what I do on those days, if I'm going to buy flowers, I buy them from a local market or I buy them from a local business who I feel really good about supporting. So we can start to weave in our actual values with how we dance and orchestrate the day. And if we you know, are able to really get clear on what our vision is when it comes to Valentine's Day, what our beliefs are about it, 
and the beliefs when we're single versus when we're partnered, that can give us so much juicy data into, you know, how do we generate a day in a way that feels really nourishing for us? Because you're getting more information about who you are. The more information you have about who you are, the easier it is to set up your life and set up your days in a way that pour in the things that bring you to life, which then gives you more and more pleasure momentum. And, you know, to me, Valentine's Day is an opportunity to really be singularly focused on the giving and receiving of love. And I personally believe when I'm in a relationship that it's a day for both people to prioritize each other. Not one person kind of puts the other one up on a pedestal and, you know, pours into them. But for some people, that's what it is. And, you know, that's fine as long as that works for the dynamic. And at some point, there is a reset where the person who was doing all the giving that day gets to be in the position of receiving, And so that we have a nice balance without that, there's a good chance that resentment will start to build anytime we're pedestaling someone or creating a power divide like that. Um, it really can create the conditions for resentment, which not so optimal. And so we want to really look like if I want to be appreciated and you know, told all the things that my partner loves about me when I'm partnered in a relationship on Valentine's Day, and I'm single on Valentine's Day this year, how can I give myself that same level of adoration and devotion? Maybe I write myself a love letter. Maybe I do some mirror work where I look into my own eyes and I pump my tires where I'm like, girl, you are so good. Like you are incredibly loving, you're kind, you're generous, and just dig in, dig into all of those things about you that make you extraordinary, that make you lovable. And this is great for preparing for partnership too, because it presences you to all the ways in which you are worthy of being chosen, because there's an abundance of reasons why you are so worthy of being chosen and so worthy of being loved up. But a lot of the time, our inner critic keeps that information at bay and we focus on what's wrong with us. We focus on what's not working. We focus on what we need to fix or change. And while there can be some value in that, in terms of, you know, having a a constructive lens to look at ourselves through, like, okay, this part is really not working and I need to, to shift that. But for the most part, we tend to transform and maintain our transformation in an environment of approval, in an environment of appreciation, an environment of love, which is almost the exact opposite of what most people have been conditioned to learn. So it is a rewiring in the sense of how can we learn how to approve of ourselves? How can we learn how to celebrate ourselves and celebrate life and celebrate love and celebrate all of the wonderful qualities that make you you that make you actually a kick-ass choice as a partner and when we come at it from clean heart open appreciation we actually start to really anchor in a nice baseline of self-worth 
And again, like that old paradigm will be like, oh, if you pump yourself up, you'll just become arrogant and self-centered and think you're so much better than everybody else. Well, if that's what's happening, it's not actually true heart-centered appreciation. When we have that arrogance or that self-centeredness, or we think we're better than someone underneath that, guys, we still think that we aren't worthy. So we're not actually getting to the heart of the matter if we're kind of blowing smoke up our own ass and being like, oh, I'm so much better than everybody else. No, 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 no. This is about coming into your heart like, and honestly making eye contact with yourself. It's very hard to be <laughs> self-aggrandizing when you are looking yourself in the eye and you've got hand over your heart. For me, I like to do a hand over my womb as well. Um, and for any woman or any pussy powered person, um, having the hand over the womb space is really anchoring and having one over the womb space, one over the heart, and then looking yourself in the eye. And from that place of taking some deep breaths, connecting to what makes you extraordinary. It's very, very different than, you know, a very self-entitled, like I'm better than everybody else kind of take on that exercise. So we really want to get into alignment and get into right relationship with celebrating all of the qualities that make us inherently lovable, especially if we would want that from a partner on a day like today or Valentine's Day. If if it's about romance and you just like having one day of the year where like, you know, it's devoted to romance. Well, great. How can you romance yourself? And do you romance yourself on a daily basis or at least on a regular basis? Because again, if we're not building that into our regular life, we're then outsourcing that need and we're putting a lot of expectation on it. And whenever we put a lot of uncommunicated expectations on anyone or anything, they're bound to go sideways. So we can really use this to our advantage so that, you know, down the line, when you are in partnership, we're not putting all of this additional stress onto the relationship by making this one day, the one day, the only day that we can really experience romance and that it has to be perfect. It has to be right. Like if we weave in romance just within our relationship to ourself, but even our relationships with our friends and how can we make our friendships a little bit more romantic without crossing lines, of course, and without crossing boundaries and within the paradigm and context of what is appropriate within those friendships. But for me, what that looks like is I often flirt with my friends, especially my girlfriends. And I tell them what babes they are and that they look smoking when they look smoking. And when they need a little pump up, I give it to them. And that is a way of like injecting a little bit of romance into the relationships. Or if we go out for coffee and I, I want to buy coffee for a friend of mine, that's injecting some romance into the connection. Or I'll send them a little love note just out of nowhere and remind them of who they really are. And those are ways that we can you know, subtly bring the energy of romance in without destabilizing the relationship. And 
when we look at our relationship to ourselves, like how often are we romancing ourselves or how often instead are we just rushing through our day? And so romancing ourselves has a lot to do with pleasure alchemy because it requires us to slow down. It requires us to be more intentional with some of the things that we do. Even if you just romance a meal for yourself. So instead of just like cooking up a frenzy and like eating really fast, you cook intentionally. Maybe you played it in a way that I like to play this game with myself. If I was on a cooking show or if I owned a restaurant, how would I serve this meal? And so I plate everything that I make so intentionally and I make it look like it could be shot for a magazine or taken out in a restaurant and be well received. And so I romance myself in those ways where if I make myself a coffee or I make myself breakfast or dinner that day that I really romance it up and make it so gorgeous for myself because I am worthy of being treated with that level of devotion, that level of care. Um, maybe it's, you know, an opportunity, Valentine's Day is an opportunity to be receptive to affection. And when we have that kind of context for Valentine's Day, then how can we be more receptive to life on Valentine's Day? So gratitude would be a wonderful way to get that need met when you are single. Because in order to be grateful for something, you have already received it a lot of the time, or you know that there will be an exchange of giving and receiving. And receptivity and gratitude can really train our brain and our body and our emotions into creating a bigger container for more receptivity to happen, for the more pouring in of love and appreciation. And these practices aren't just limited to Valentine's Day. This is where life gets real juicy. So if we limit our access to love to just one day, that's really problematic. Because then once that day comes, there's so much expectation on it that we often don't even experience love on that day anyway. Because we're so wrapped up in our heads. We're not in our body. We're not in our, our experience. We're not open to love. So let this Valentine's Day be the access point, the portal, the opening to a year full of love. A year where you are devoting uh, so much time and energy to your needs and your love needs and your romance needs and you're ensuring that you are tending to those just as much as you expect anyone else to tend to them that you get really creative in the ways in which you receive love or you give love or you're open to love and playing with romancing yourself in ways that had just never crossed your mind that you could do and I promise your creativity is an untapped resource here. It has so many ideas. And if you really want to know how you can romance yourself, sit down with a pen and paper and write down all the ways that you dream that a partner would romance you or watch your favorite romantic movies. And what are they doing in those movies that is so appealing to you? Get that down on paper. 
get really clear of what it specifically is. And then as the year unfolds, work to weave those into your life, work those into, into your relationship to you and practice with your friends. Let them know like, this is something that I really want to welcome more, more of in my life and could be, you know, set up a system where we're sending each other, you know, a note of appreciation every week. And, you know, we can find these really wonderful creative outlets to ensure those needs are met so that when your next partner comes in, not only are you already loved up, but you are really clear on how you want to give love, how you want to receive love, and you can communicate that really eloquently to someone. And in relationships, we all know communication is so necessary. And without clear and direct communication, things can go sideways really fast. And our relationship to romance, our relationship to love is no different. And if we enter into a relationship, assuming that the other person has the exact same context as us when it comes to love and romance, well, we will likely be rudely surprised <laughs> because they might line up in, in the honeymoon phase, but then after that, it goes awry. It goes sideways. And so this is such a, a great practice in intentional pleasure dating is by doing the preliminary work of connecting to our own needs for romance and what specifically does feel romantic to me what does feel like love and appreciation to me and then when we meet someone new we can have those conversations and we can learn them just as much as they get to learn us and the people that are worth you know investing more and more into are the ones that you know dig your version of romance and love and they know that they have the skill set or the capability to show up in that way and you know that you really dig their version of love and romance and that you can show up and contribute in ways that make sense to them and it's very hard to vet for that in a relationship when we are unclear of that ourselves so by unpacking what valentine's day means to you what romance means to you and then designing your day around an area of life where you feel really juicy already and it's easy to pour into yourself in that area and then find ways to romance yourself on valentine's day find ways if you you know are close with your your friend circle like how can we all contribute to each other in a way that enhances our experience of connection or love or magic or romance or whatever it is and you know when we start to look at those distinctions all of a sudden being single on valentine's day no longer has to be like this this curse or like this scarlet letter of like ooh, you've got the single on your shoulder like Okay, yeah, I'm single and I get to design my my Valentine's Day in a way that really lights me up. And so I might go get those roses or I might make chocolate dipped strawberries or I might watch all of the cheesy romance movies that I desire. I might do some great mirror work. I might put on some music and just move in a very pleasurable way and romance myself, seduce myself through dance. Like that's that's so fun for me. And pretending 
and like visualizing like, ooh, if I was partnered right now and I was performing this dance, like how erotic that would be. And then I get to feel those feelings in my body right now. I don't have to wait until a partner comes along. I get to be in that experience today. And that's really the the invitation here is that the more that you embody your pleasure, that you embody the connection to yourself and explore what significance Valentine's Day has for you and just honor and love what you find and then design your day in a way that ensures that you get your needs met. And the more and more days of, out of the year that you can embody what romance means to you, what love means to you, the easier it becomes to, you know, weave a partner into that in the future. And then when Valentine's Day inevitably comes, when you are in a partnered relationship down the line, there is an ease there. There's an openness. There's a playfulness. There's a co-creative energy that sparks alive on that day where we can really generate the day in a way that is fun and enjoyable and pleasurable for everyone involved. So I would love to hear the ways in which you are spending your Valentine's Day, how you're loving yourself up. So feel free to tag me in any of your endeavors on Valentine's Day on Instagram this weekend at Radical Self Love. I would love to celebrate and amplify and just celebrate you and the ways in which you romance and love up yourself. And in sharing of that, we inspire so many other people to give themselves permission to also romance and love themselves up. Uh, especially in a strange, strange time. And so tag me on Instagram if that feels good for you to share. If this episode had value for you, I would love it so much if you shared it with a friend or someone in your life that you know could really benefit. That's how you know we get the show into as many people's vortex and lives as possible. It's through your sharing and your contribution, which I deeply, deeply appreciate. And if you want to join the workshop on the 20th of February, the link to the details and the registration page are in the show notes. And I hope you have the most love-filled, romantic day for yourself, um, regardless of how you're spending it or who you're spending it with. I hope that you have such a beautiful day because that is inevitably what your pleasure-based heart is so worthy and deserving of. I'll talk to you soon, friends.